0: Today is kind of a a rare gem in terms of platform teaching time. It is the State of the Church or Vision Sunday, kind of whatever you prefer. The title that I like is Thin Mint Sunday. (laughs) Thin Mint Sunday. You know, Girl Scout cookies, you can't get those just any time, right? The only time you can get a Thin Mint is this time of year, so The only time you're going to get like this type of report and forecasting from the platform is this Sunday, all right? So then meant Sunday. Now, if you're new to us, be sure and come back next week because we are going to begin a new Bible study from 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. It's a book of the Bible written, really devoted to helping young believers Learn how to root and have strong faith, especially in light of uncertain times. So it's going to be a great study. Come back for that next week. But today, Thin Mint Sunday, Vision Sunday. Now, orientation is kind of the goal for today. We want you to have a sense of like where we are, where we've been, and where we're going. So in light of orientation, I always think of a moment in my life that comes to mind with orientation. Um, happened in Colorado. We were with a group of young marrieds. We took them there to go skiing and then do little conference at the night, learning about marriage. But we were out on the slopes. We were skiing. We decided to take a break. And so we pulled over into a little restaurant, went over and put our stuff on a table. And then, you know, like you do, like, well, I need to go to the bathroom. So I headed to the men's room. Now, as I walked in, I realized that Colorado had succumbed to all of its, like, progressive ideology of, like, neutralizing any sense of gender in the bathroom. Because I looked around, and, like, it's all pastel tones. There is a a floral arrangement on the sink. And then the, the thing, it was like the tell that they really had gone whole hog into neutralizing the gender they removed all the urinals so there was just all stalls so i've walked into the stall to do my business and so as i'm standing there i hear female voices in the bathroom and it all starts coming back to me pastel tones, flowers, stalls. I'm in the women's restroom. In a panic, I jumped up on top of the toilet because I didn't want a woman to see my size 11 ski boot and be a dead giveaway. That There's a dude in the girl's bathroom. And so I just kind of stood there and thinking, what am I going to do? I could already imagine the headlines, pervert pastor arrested for being women's bathroom. So I thought, well, I'll just wait until they leave and then I'll go out then. But the problem was they weren't leaving and there was new ones coming in. So I decided I'm just gonna get the courage to just go out. So I jumped down off the toilet, I opened the door, kept my head down, and said, ladies, I'm so sorry, I have walked accidentally into the wrong restroom. And as I'm walking towards the door, I hear a voice behind me go, me too. (laughs) And before I could get to the door, a third one, yeah, me too. Three guys. In the ladies' restroom, we got outside and we had this big bro hug. We were just like, man, we gotta comfort one another. Gotta comfort one another. And we thought, like, how did that happen? How did like three reasonably intelligent guys get get this wrong? And so we looked at the signage and so the giant arrow hanging down from the ceiling that says men's room is pointing right at the door. So we stopped an employee who was walking by. We said, hey, man, we all went to the wrong restroom. Yeah, that happens all the time. (laughs) The arrow's actually pointing at the hallway, and at the end of the hallway is the men's restroom. And we all went, oh. (laughs) How many of you know it's a good thing to have good orientation, you know, where you're supposed to be, and you're not in the wrong place you should be? So that's what today is, in the spirit of that, we want to make sure that everybody has good sense of where we've been, where we are, where we're going as a faith family, so that nobody ends up where you shouldn't be. Amen. All right. So let me make this statement. This is a good summary statement of where we are, the state of the church, turning point, Our church is in a strong, stable position with clarity about our message. We preach Jesus. We preach a crucified, risen Christ who alone can save. Jesus is the answer for everybody. We're clear about the message. We're also clear about our mission. We are solidly behind our mission, which simply stated is changed lives period, we are all in to help people find and follow a God who can transform your life. Sometimes I hear people say, that double meat cheeseburger with a jalapeno bun changed my life. <laughs> or these new grips on my golf clubs, they're life-changing. Or I've found Sheen And now I can purchase cheap Chinese clothing online. It has changed my life. Can I say to you, I I love a bargain. And I love upgrading my gear. But none of those things are life changing. What is life changing is when you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you've surrendered to him as savior and Lord of your life. And he begins to transform you from the inside out. And so turning point church stands firmly behind the message of Jesus and the mission that we have to introduce as many people as possible to him because Jesus is the only one who can change your life. Now, in 2023, as Jesus has been doing his thing among us, there's several points that I think we ought to highlight to encourage us in the work that's happened. In fact, in many ways, in every measurable standard, 2023 has been a historic year. First of all, we baptized 133 people in this year. 29 kids, 53 youth, and 51 adults. One of the reasons that we are so committed of sowing the gospel into the hearts and lives of this young and rising generation is because as this headline points out, most people in our context have faith conversions before adulthood, 72% according to this one study. So in our baptism, 63% of those baptized are in children, and youth ministries. Now, sticking in that lane for a minute of the next generation, youth ministry remains a strong part of who we are and what we do. Our youth gatherings on Wednesday night stood strong even in a year of transition. We have an average of 164 students, again, 53 baptized. We have a new leadership on hand. Pastor Jordan, welcome. We're so glad that you are here to lead our students. And we've promoted Ricky Salas, who's gone from being a resident to now associate pastor of youth. He did a fantastic job. Got him on an ordination path, and he should complete that by this spring. Kids ministry. Kids ministry grew by 21% this past year, and they baptized 29. They've got several different innovative teaching approaches that they use, but recently they've implemented this Play and pray strategy, which is an opportunity to teach kids how to walk boldly in the things of God. And one of the things that they learn is like how to come before the Lord and pray strong. Uh, One little girl in our elementary age ministry has had a hearing challenge for six months, she's losing her hearing our kids gathered around her and prayed as they've been taught boldly. And according to the mother, her hearing has been restored. That's pretty amazing. Over 200 children participating in the scripture memorization goals for the month, great things happening with our kids. Our mandate, which is our vision, for reaching and discipling 1,000 men before this decade is over. We've got 457 men with a foot to that path pursuing being a man of God. We've hosted our first uh, man camp in 2023. We've got the next one coming up in April. Ladies, please let your fellas out of the house, all right, in April. It'll be great. They'll come back a better man. We also had our man event. This past fall, and then we've got Fight Club this this Saturday. We've got Fight Club. That's our monthly on ramp for men's ministry, and we've had double the number of first timers in 2023. So great things happening there. Pastoral care and missions. This past year, we had over a thousand pastoral care actions. What is that? Monday through Saturday our pastoral staff meeting with people, counseling them, encouraging them, taking calls, going to hospitals. So three times a day, if you do the math, over three times a day, there's somebody doing a pastoral care touch with someone in our faith family. We sent out two international teams for missions, Africa, Moldova. We conducted our annual outreach to McWhorter Elementary. That's an under-resourced elementary school in Lubbock ISD. We supplied school supplies for 550 children. Thanksgiving boxes, which provide a Thanksgiving meal for 77 families. Angel Tree, which is getting gifts to children of incarcerated parents. We provided gifts for 227 Children. We also funded those four baby boxes, which are going to be installed at local fire stations where a mother in panic can drop off her children in a safe space if she needs help. We also built in Traconland, that next generation send center. Now, all that ministry and all that mission requires financial support. So here's what God has been doing in 2023. Our, our budget of 3.1 million was met and exceeded with 3.6 million in undesignated giving. Our total expenditures were a little bit above our budget because four air conditioners in this room went out over the summer and we had to replace those and those aren't cheap. Making Room, which is our initiative to expand our capacity for ministry. Over $200,000 in donations to close out that initiative as we expanded our parking lot. And then how we do normal kind of funding and resourcing of mission partners. We Within our operating budget, we have partners that we give missionary support to. And so over $100,000 was given to that, but then... An additional $225,000 was given to support specific projects. Moldova, uh, our mission partner there, is helping to minister to refugees coming out of the Ukraine. And even though that's out of the news and we don't hear much about that, that's still a war-torn area with a lot of ministry needed. So we've been supplying help there as well as SAFE which is our fostering and adoption support that we do here in our house, the baby boxes, the share facilities. So if you bundle everything together, our total contributions exceeded $4 million for a record setting 4.2 million for this year. On our attendance, our in-person attendance increased 16% in 2023 with a weekly average of 1,555. We also saw our online service increase by 19%, giving a total of 1,774 people on average every week connecting for worship. Just in the last quarter, however, of 2023, we've seen our in-person attendance increase to 1,655, and then our online to 230 for 1,885 people just in the last three months connecting weekly for worship. I thought this would be fun for you. It was for me uh, because they produced for me some maps so that I could see where people are joining us online uh, every week for the last three months. Okay, So this is not people that are listening to the podcast or catching the service at a later time. These are people joining us at 10 a.m. for our service. So this gives you kind of a national scene of where people are all the way from San Francisco to New York. Look at that. Go to the, the regional. So you see that big blob. So regionally, you can see where people are joining us online. And then this one is really fun. Internationally, we got people in Kenya, Nigeria, my people. In Nigeria, that's right. Iran, Turkey, Tunisia, Portugal, Austria. That's pretty incredible, y'all. But every week when we are together at 10 o'clock, there are people joining us literally from all over the world. Now, that's just a few details, a few anecdotes to kind of help us appreciate what's been happening. But if we were to add kind of everything in, you, you, you would just kind of get overwhelmed by the sense, listen, of God's favor offered to our people in this season of time. Man, we are blessed. God is moving among us and we are blessed and we are in a favored season. So listen to these words from Jesus. When that's true, you've got to take this to heart. Jesus said, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. As you kind of contemplate the blessing and the favor that's been entrusted to us as a faith family, it's important that we posture ourselves in such a way that we become a good steward of his blessing. And we need to sense like responsibility that we, we, need to, we need to do right by God's graciousness and his goodness and his favor. And there needs to be a sense of urgency about that. Now, when we consider the context of our ministry, like our local home base here in Lubbock. Here's some things that we should appreciate about what's taking place, and it speaks to our responsibility. All this data comes to us from the Lubbock Economic Development Alliance, which reports that our regional population, the areas around Lubbock and people considered connected to Lubbock, is 645,000 people. But just within the city limits of Lubbock, our community grew by 13% from 2010 to 2020, and it continues to grow 4% every three years. By comparison, if a city grows by 5% over a 10-year period, it is considered significant. So by that standard... We should appreciate what is happening in our community and realize that like there are new people and new businesses being added annually. We don't have to look very far from our church campus to appreciate that. Like all around us is this explosive growth. Projections show hundreds of of new homes to be built over the next few years with thousands of people moving in around us. That reality has to be met with a God-sized responsibility to make sure that we reach and develop the people, both those who are already here, but also those who will be here and will be added to our community. So we we have to realize this is a season of favor. We have to act responsibly in that time of favor and not neglect our charge with the gospel to this growing community. Now, nobody has the delusion of like an Obi-Wan Kenobi syndrome where we think like we're the only ones who can help. We know that we're surrounded with good kingdom-minded churches. But that fact should not subtract from us our responsibility to do what we must do and to do our part in the kingdom work around us. So I want to give you a little vision horizon for the next few years. Let's just map out the next six years. Let's take those and kind of three-year increments. 24, 25, 26. It is our absolute focus to continue to develop what we call an elite discipling process. You've heard me talk about this for a year or two, that we want to become so efficient And elite in the process of taking a new believer, helping them understand their identity in Christ, helping them know how they can partner with the Holy Spirit and see their life transformed in grace, let sanctification take place in their life, and then they understand how to live on mission like we we want to be committed to raising up the technologies and the people necessary so that when people come to this house we can help you know your identity in Christ know how to grow and how to live on mission we're going to become elite in that capacity to disciple people in this next 3 year period we're going to own our responsibility of sharing the message of Jesus with our city. What does that mean? That means every person who calls Turning Point home, we're going to train you on how to share your faith with someone in this city over that three-year period. Jesus said, when you follow me, you'll become a fisherman of people. A lot of folks have been following Jesus for a long time, and you've gotten some maturity and some depth to you, but you've just simply never shared your faith with anyone. Maybe that's because there's some fear and anxiety about that. Maybe it's because you just simply don't know how. During that three year period, we're going to make sure every person who calls this their home knows how to share their faith. And here's what we're believing here's what we're believing, here's what we're praying. Here's what we're expecting. Our collective voice sharing the gospel personally with someone is going to mean 30,000 people in our city get to hear the message of Jesus from our lips. 30,000 people. And from the fruit of that sharing, we're believing and we're preparing to baptize 3,000 people during that period of time. That's a big dream. That's a, like, that's a God-sized dream. And to dream big things can be inspiring. But to see big dreams become reality, take preparation and planning and a push and part of the push that we need to feel to achieve that kind of a dream is the fact we're going to have to increase our capacity for that kind of ministry. In 2022, when we rolled out Making Room, we knew that was not a permanent fix. We knew it was just a response in the now to try to do the best we could to create some more space so we reduced the size of our platform we changed the seating we added parking and all of those efforts was to help us go from about 1400 capacity in three services on a sunday to about 1700 in capacity now i can tell you today will be about that number there'll be about 1700 people in person for these three services so we're thankful that we've been able to make that shift and move and accommodate where before, we would not have been able to do that. I think we could stretch and go from 1700 to maybe 1800, 1850, if we could just convince more of our 10 o'clock brethren to fly north or south for the winter, right? So we, we, we could stretch that a little bit, but that's, that's proven to be hard, all right? But here's what we want to do, not just kind of an incremental shift. We want to increase our capacity by preparing and planning and being open to 4,000 people calling this home on a Sunday. And the only way we can do that is to kind of work out our design this way. We've looked at every twist and turn. 12 acres of property is a generous amount, but it's not a lot when you have to account in that much parking. But this will give us the ability to minister to up to 4,000 people on a Sunday. We'll have to add worship in commons area connected to this, our existing facility. We're going to have to add an admin and children's wing in a back of house area that allows us to have some storage and other support space and taking our existing facility and fine-tuning that so that we can better accommodate youth ministry and other midweek ministries now that's a that's a bold challenge that's sitting in front of us but we can get there we can get there In fact, let me give you some good news and some unexpected news. The good news is everything we need to do this, we've got it. We've got everything, every resource, all the funding that we need to do this, we've got it. The unexpected news, it's in your pockets. So in 2024 we're all going to go on this faith adventure and we're all going to go through a season of letting the Lord like teach us new revelations about what it looks like to walk with him in partnership be able to be more and more generous in our life. I want to get that out in front of you. You're going to hear more about it, but I want you to know that's coming. And as you, as you think about that, here's what I want to settle in your spirit. It's time. It's time. In fact, I want to say it this way. It's our time. It's our time. Say that with me. It's our time. I loved Last January, as we celebrated 20 years as a faith family, the stories, the pictures, looking at a a previous group of turning point people who envisioned what was possible. And they sacrificed and they provided the resources so that this home could be built. And we are all beneficiaries Of their generosity, like this place is a blessing to us, and we're thankful for what they did, but it's now our time. It's now our time. Second Corinthians chapter six, the Apostle Paul was talking to a group of people about sensing time and opportunity. And as he challenged them to kind of consider the moment that they were living in, here's what he said to them. He said, as God's partners, look at that word. This is the word where we get our word synergy, means working together. We we work together with God to accomplish what God wants to do. We're, We're partners with him. We participate with him. Paul says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. What he means is like, you've been saved, you've received this wonderful gift of God's forgiveness, but don't sit on your salvation. Like there are other people who need what you have for God says at just the right time, I heard you on the day of salvation and I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. It's our time. The right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Paul as a missionary, conducted the work of reaching people who needed to know of God's salvation. But in order to do that, he had to partner with people to make that happen. Other people couldn't go. They couldn't drop their jobs and leave their families the way Paul had. But what they could do is participate with him by sending him, resourcing him, funding his mission. As one theologian describes about this passage we've just read, he says, what Paul is about to ask is that the Corinthians open wide their hearts to him to his co-workers literally enlarge their hearts to make room for Paul and his team and envelop them in the Corinthian's love and tangible practical affectionate actions Paul is inviting them to consider the scope and the opportunity of his mission and to discern the sense of timing like God's favor is moving. There are opportunities that are open and we don't want to neglect the time we're living in and we don't want to ignore the opportunity but we want to seize the moment and so he invites them to open their hearts and to step in to what God is doing. It's time. It's our time. Now I realize some of you have been at turning point and you've, just, you've come in and you've been sitting and soaking and you, you needed to do that. But you sense it's our time. Some of you are of a generation where your parents and your grandparents have carried the water of the gospel. And now you sense it's our time. You, you have a, an appreciation for the blessing that God has provided. And you sense like this, this is our time. 2024 is our time. The challenge is before us. The opportunity is there. We want to step in and participate and partner with God in what he wants to do. There'll be more about that that we'll unpack as the year progresses. But I want that to be in your spirit. It's our time. It's our time. It's our time. Now, one step we can make in this direction to partner and participate in what God is doing is through what's coming quickly, and that's Easter, Easter 2024. Last year for Easter, we hosted uh, five services, and we had 2,857 people on campus for Easter. Because of our growth, we would expect to have more than 3,300 people joining us for Easter. That might require as many as six services. So here's what we've decided, and here's our ask. Is we want to be empty on Easter. So what does that mean? Are we getting raptured? What what, what are you talking about? No, what empty on Easter means is we're not going to have Easter services here we're gonna have them at the Buddy Holly Performing Arts Center. And instead of six services, we're gonna have two, one at nine and one at eleven. Now here's what I'm anticipating. Because of like a normal Easter here where you know how crowded it is, You might not be as inclined to invite someone you know to join us Easter because you don't want them to get crushed in the parking lot or out here in between services. So that's now removed. And now we can invite people at liberty. And here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that you're going to do exactly that. You're going to sense this is like no other invitation you can. How easy is it for you to invite someone to Easter at the Buddy Holly? We got 2,400 seats. We might fill up both of them for people to hear the love and the grace of Jesus. So let me ask you to do this. First of all, would you consider serving for that weekend? Many of you already do. I'm not asking that you do more. But there are some of us that have not yet stepped into that space where we're serving. So I'm going to ask you, would you consider serving for that weekend? It's not a blood oath. You're not going to have to do it the rest of your life. But would you consider helping us on that weekend so that we can host our city well? We're going to have a a website, emptyoneaster.com, emptyoneaster.com. It'll take you to all the vital information, and there's going to be a link where you can hit if you'd like to help and serve on that weekend. There's also a place where you can click to give a special Easter offering. A lot of what we're going to do, we've moved around in our budget, and we're figuring out ways to pay for that. But there's other things like just advertising. We got to make sure and get the word out well that we're going to be empty on Easter, that we're going to get the body holly. So if you'd like to give an extra Easter offering, there's a place where you can connect and do that. Now, let me give us kind of a face for all of this. It's our time. It's our time. It's our time. I want you to see our little friend, Chandley. She's 10 years old. And recently she said, you know, it's, it's, it's my time. She asked one of our ministry leaders if she could serve. She's 10 years old. Can I serve? It's my time. Can I serve? And they said, well, sure, but can I ask you Why? Why does a 10-year-old want to serve? Here's what she said. I grew up in church all my life, all 10 years. My mom loved to serve when we went to church. But my mom has died. So I want to serve because it honors God and it honors my mom. It's my time. Guys, if a child can discern it's our time, surely we can too. Stand with me. It's our time. It's our time. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has been doing among us. I think Jesus deserves just another expression of our praise and gratitude for the incredible blessing of 2023. Can we just thank the Lord one more time? It's our time. To whom much is given, much is required. It's our time.